the chef. And I am here to stir the pot. So let me go. Hello there, and welcome back to our Star Wars fan cast, Stir the Plot. I'm sitting here in a full Wookiee costume. My name is Brady King. Sorry, Brady Baca. And uh, I am sitting here wearing the mask of my dead grandfather because I am just obsessed with his work. Uh, I think he did nothing wrong. Derek Fultz or uh, Darlo Wren. Gross. <laughs> Uh, I'm sitting here in an actual sized Ewok costume that does not fit me, and my name is Colton Hart, or C-3PO, where the C stands for Colton. (laughs) That Halloween blowout sale must have been spectacular. (laughs) Yeah, I'm cutting off circulation to my entire body. (laughs) Ewoks and crop tops, 2K19. Hi, welcome back to our Star Wars themed rave, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a glow stick, it's a lightsaber. Hey, so I believe uh, a a little something-something came out today, Derek? So, uh, as of recording today, the Star Wars Episode Nine trailer and title have dropped. Uh, if I could scream into the microphone without killing everyone, I would, <laughs> because that's what I'm feeling right now. Yeah, Episode Nine looks fantastic. I'm so excited. Um, there's a lot of like returning characters. All I walked away from that trailer thinking was, wow, Billy D. Williams is old as crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like... When did Lando melt? <laughs> so, uh, spoilers for the Star Wars Episode Nine trailer, if you're one of those people ahead. In three, two, one. Ray jumps over a freaking TIE fighter. <laughs> yeah, I just like, it looked like she was training. No, that has to be Kylo Ren. He's like full on ready to run her over. I don't know, a revenge killing or like in the heat of passion. Because, you know, there was that whole like almost love story set up between them, which makes me feel real weird. (laughs) Sort of like the Daenerys Jon Snow romance. Yeah, because I have a feeling I have a weird sinking feeling that she's a Skywalker. Hence the name Rise of the Skywalker. Yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the title. So I I have a question for you guys. So in episode seven, uh, we had Starkiller base, right? Mm hmm. But I think it's about time to unveil the newest, biggest, baddest planet killer. What do you think it is? I think it's just shirtless Kylo Ren. (laughs) Uh, What is it? Uh, Ben Swolo? (laughs) Yeah, the pecs heard around the world, for sure. Yeah, and those high-waisted pants? I was like, he is Coachella ready. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was the thing. I was like, Ben, I'm worried about your lower body circulation there, buddy. (laughs) Right. I personally think it's going to be Disneyland and it's just going to be able to hurl flaming wads of cash towards any planet at three times the speed of light. Honestly, I wouldn't complain about that happening to me right now (laughs) because it would just mean that I had money coming my way. (laughs) Mr. Disney, if you're listening, we will gladly accept any (laughs) Any flaming flaming wads of cash you'd like to sling our way. So for the non-Star Wars extremists, uh, we are Star of the Plot, a podcast from movie lovers, and we take the first and last scenes of a movie and we try to improv our way through what happens in between. Uh, Derek, what movie are we going to do this week? Uh, we are doing a movie. Uh, since this episode is coming out a week before Avengers Endgame, another movie that is going to grab me by my follicles and throw me across the room. Um <laughs> We decided that we were going to do a superhero movie, but we did not want to do a Marvel movie because we literally just can't joke about Marvel movies because we've all seen them upwards of like 20 times each. Yeah. There are no jokes I can make about Iron Man without referencing like the rest of the franchise. Yeah. We decided to go a little more of like a fringier route and we decided to do a movie called Chronicle. Which is like the angsty indie director homage to superhero movies. Wait, and I thought we were doing Bionicles. <laughs> that is such a specific reference. I can't believe you just brought that up. Can we just talk about how lit Bionicles were for like two seconds? Oh, please? man. I remember when that movie came out. There's a commercial of Bionicles where it uses um, Move Along by the All-American Rejects. And I was in my emo feels the whole time I watched that commercial. I prayed to God every night that that commercial would come out (laughs) so I could just listen to that one snippet of the All-American Rejects and just eyeliner would show up on my eyes automatically. 
Y'all, there used to be a Bionicle novel series that I unabashedly had every single entry in the series. <laughs> no way! Oh my god, me too! <gasps> I, didn't know there, I didn't know there was novels. I never had one. Oh, Pulitzer's all around. <laughs> oh, I, I bet. Yeah, Chronicle uh, is actually one of the few superhero movies I that has escaped my viewership, apparently. Yeah, I've never I never seen it either. Yeah, I think it sort of borders on like a, like a found footage-esque directing style, I guess. So I have seen Chronicle. This is one of those movie. This is one of those movies that, like, at least one of us has seen. Uh, I really like Chronicle. Uh, it's written by one of my favorite writers. He doesn't really do much anymore. Uh, Max Landis. He wrote some pretty bad movies, uh, like <laughs> um, the Frankenstein movie that came out with Daniel Radcliffe. Oh god! He also wrote Bright. Uh, which is a movie that I wish we could do just for the sheer irony of it. The one that single-handedly broke down racism between uh, humans and ogres. Yes. (laughs) The movie America needed in its time of need. (gasps) Oh, boy. So here my air conditioner just explode? (laughs) I've been smoking nine cigarettes in my mouth at one time uh, for the past, like, five days, and it's really just tore my lungs apart. The smoke cloud in my house is so thick, I can't even see Derek right now. Yeah, I am currently cigarette hotboxing in Brady's house right now. Thank God I'm not there. So for those of you new to the podcast, we are not legally allowed to play movie audio. So what we do is we've converted everything into screenplay format. And we're actually going to read it and reenact the scene for you using our Academy Award winning voiceover skills. Uh, Colton is going to be narrating and then Derek and I are going to be playing a few different characters. So let's go ahead and jump into the very first scene of Chronicle. Colton, take it away. Through the reflection of a mirror, we see a young teenager, Andrew, adjusting the settings of a camera. The rest of the room is messy, paint peeling from the walls. The door in front of him rattles as his father tries to push his way through. What do you want? Why is this door locked, Andrew? I'm getting ready for school. Open this door, Andrew. Andrew has no intention of opening the door. Listen to me. No, you're drunk. I'm what? Excuse me? Andrew ignores him. I said, unlock the door. Listen, it is 7.30 in the a.m. and you are drunk. You don't tell me if I'm drunk or not. Aren't you? Suddenly, the mirror rattles as his father punches through the door. Hard. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> Reread that. He's not the Incredible Hulk. He doesn't punch through the door. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. I read that. <laughs> no, I said what I said. He, he Hulk Hogan's his way through the door. Suddenly, the mirror rattles as his father punches the door. Hard. What are you doing in there? I'm recording this. I bought a camera and I'm filming everything from here on out. Silence. After a few moments, Andrew's father gives up and trudges back down the stairs. Relieved, Andrew turns back to the camera. He adjusts the eyepiece, then switches it off. So just a bit of lighthearted comedy material for you guys here. (laughs) Just guys being dudes. So... Yeah, the uh, the whole through line of this whole night, really, has been, hmm, how are we going to navigate around this scene? <laughs> you know, usually there's a bit of comedic material to work with. It doesn't begin with the, like, abusive alcoholic <laughs> father trudging his way <laughs> up and down the stairs. Oh, man. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I, think, I think Andrew might just be, like, a whiny little brat who's just, like... I'm recording like like the uh, like the people who record like every cop like that ever they ever see. I think he's just nervous about his first day at film school. <laughs> I think he went out, he got his camera, he got his laptop ready to go, and uh, he's going to be late for class. Right, and Andrew is one of those kids that kind of like deflects his nervousness a lot. And so when his dad's like, hey, what do you like? You know, I read it pretty intensely, but that's just because like from what I remember of the movie and um. He like this is what I'm kind of thinking is that his dad's like, hey, man, like, what are you doing in there? And Andrew's like, shut up. You're drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And his uh, his dad just like, hey, son, I just wanted to spend some some heart to heart uh, father son time with you Thought we could make a little stop motion, like bust out the old Legos again. (laughs) Uh, So here's what I'm thinking. All right. Andrew is a YouTuber. Okay. This is like a coming of age film. And I think we can keep the the through line of like Andrew being this like bratty sort of like that socially inept uh, person, but he's also like a YouTuber. 
And his dad is like, Andrew, what are you doing in there? And he's like, shut up. I'm filming a vlog. Stop, dad. I'm trying to learn Fortnite dances. Quit it. <laughs> I'm learning cool vape tricks, dad. <laughs> yeah, he's literally just uh, doing like a DIY guillotine. Oh, my and, God. Um, yeah, Andrew's also kind of a dark kid. Uh, he's really uh, into the French Revolution. Mm, aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. His dad punches the door and he's like, stop it. I can hear you building a trebuchet in there. Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know, turning back to the camera and obviously like mouthing like, I'm so sorry, guys. Like, it's just my dad. Ugh, I hate him. Like, and you uh, have you all seen eighth grade? Wait, okay. like, is this a movie or have I been in eighth grade? Both. <laughs> Yes to no, one to the other. My eighth grade was nothing to write home about, trust me. Yeah. I wore jeans and a camo hat with a fish hook in it. Oh, nothing else. You don't do that anymore? So nothing's changed is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Right. No, eighth grade is a movie by Bo Burnham, and it's about a girl who's basically just trying to navigate through eighth grade. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Yeah. So she makes YouTube videos, and so I think this is kind of like in the same vein of that. Mm. He's just trying to make a YouTube video of making a DIY guillotine. Uh, he's got Marie Antoinette by, I think that's Sofia Coppola. Yeah, Sofia Coppola. Yeah. He's going to get demonetized, not because he's making a weapon, but because he's playing uh, copywritten footage. <laughs> <laughs> the video's flagged before he even uploads it. Right. And, you know, he's just talking about, you know, like, down with the bourgeoisie, uh, <laughs> you know. Things that all Americans are just, like, really into in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Is Andrew a neo-Marxist? <laughs> His dad comes up. He's like really concerned. He's like, what are all these Marxist flags doing on your walls? Son? <laughs> yeah. He's got a Guy Fox mask. <laughs> comes out that Andrew's Antifa. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to have a big project coming up. There's something he's just like really right. passionate about. So here's what I'm thinking. Andrew's dad paid for him to be in film school. <laughs> He, bri- Same. He, bri- he bribed the admissions office to be in film school. Um, and so I think that eventually he's going to have to start working on a short film. Right. And it's going to be, you know, like he's going to work with like some actual like very talented people, but he's going to like insist that he records everything. Like what's that documentary about Jim Carrey? The one where he pretends to be Andy Kaufman the whole time. Basically, like they record Jim Carrey throughout the entire making of this movie because he literally embodies the spirit of oh, Andy Kaufman. Jim and Andy. The whole movie. Jim and Andy, that's what it is. Director versus actor. Mm. Those sets are hostile. Right. Uh, this gives off a real uh, Blair Witch vibe. Uh, not because it's like a horror movie at all, but because the marketing for this movie and the sort of like acting style and like the camera work makes it seem like we're not supposed to have seen this. Oh. Uh, which is also kind of what that uh, script reading felt like <laughs> <laughs> about halfway through the movie, like slender man appears and starts stalking everybody. <laughs> it's literally just the making of marble hornets. <laughs> uh, so for those of you who are just like completely out of the loop, marble hornets was, it stemmed from this one YouTube video starring like a slender man encounter. And then I guess the creator was like, Hmm, I can make a franchise out of this. <laughs> and what proceeded were like, 80 YouTube videos with this like immaculate storyline of this guy like on the run from Slender Man. It was wild. I was all about Marble Hornets in high school. I looked forward to every single upload that they did. I even subscribed. I think I subscribed to Marble Hornets and I also subscribed to To The Ark. Yeah. Like the evil YouTube channel that they created to like make all these like weird like stuff that like would fly under the radar nowadays. But like back then, I was like, "Oh my god, this is it, this is terrorism. This, this is, is the dark web. This is, <laughs> this is yeah, the this, dark web." <laughs> <laughs> I watched this video, and then an ad for drugs came up. <laughs> I learned I can buy and sell my own kidneys. What? <laughs> you can buy your own kidneys. <laughs> but yeah, as far as the plot of this movie goes, there's really only one way to find out how this ends. Um, so let's go ahead and get into the second scene. Whenever you're ready, Colton. Police lights flash as Andrew lies unconscious on the asphalt of a city road, bloody and bruised. His friend Matt rushes towards him. Shouting police officers and sirens begin to surround him. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. A helicopter buzzes overhead, shining its spotlight directly onto Matt. Hands in the air. Andrew finally comes to, rolling over onto his side. Don't shoot, please. He's hurt. As Andrew rises to his feet, bits of broken glass float in the air around him. A panicked officer lets out a shot, 
hitting Matt in the hand. Andrew lets out a furious scream. Leave him alone! As Andrew releases his anger, a shockwave shoots out from his body, tossing cars and police in all directions. Andrew flies upward. Matt catches him midair, crashing into several buildings before landing in the town square. The police follow, hot on their trail. Both Andrew and Matt lay on the ground, struggling to their feet. Andrew gets to his feet first, struggling to stay conscious. Andrew, stop. Don't hurt them. Andrew rushes furiously towards the police. Open fire! Bullets tear through the air, but stop just in front of Andrew. He raises his bloody arm, using his powers to freeze the bullets mid-air. He screams and lets out another wave of energy. Police and cars go flying. Under the weight of Andrew's rage, the windows around him crack and collapse. Civilians scream and run for cover. Andrew, stop! Andrew's not stopping. His rage continues as the city around him crumbles. Andrew, don't make me do this. Matt spots a nearby statue, clutched in its hand, an enormous metal spear. Matt looks back at Andrew, still screaming with rage, then reaches out to the spear, grabbing it with a telekinetic hand. Stop! Using every last ounce of his energy, Matt launches the spear at Andrew, impaling him. Andrew grasps for a moment, then collapses. The chaos stops. The police rush toward Matt. They close in a tight ring, but Matt does not move. Suddenly, his eyes open, and in a split second, Matt flies upward and is gone. Okay. Well, fancy YouTuber. So, yeah. So, I know we had just made jokes about Marble Hornets. <laughs> I think this is falling in the same vein as Marble Hornets. <laughs> How so? Well, in uh, you know, in the canon of Marble Hornets. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a weird thing to say that a YouTube series has an official lore and the guys that are making Marble Hornets is the name of a film these guys are making. And then Slenderman shows up and then, you know, just kind of ruins everyone's day. But it's like, it's kind of like the joke that we made about like, I, not, it's not a joke. This is the actual plot. Nothing about this is funny, Derek. We don't yeah. make jokes here on this podcast. <laughs> this is not a funny podcast. Yeah, this is a completely serious movie-based podcast. We all have film degrees and have made numerous Oscar-winning awards. <laughs> hey, Colton, if I hear one more chuckle, I'm hanging up on the Skype call. <laughs> That's it. Oh, well, we gotta go. Uh, no, no, no! <laughs> so what I'm thinking is Andrew teams up with this group of friends, uh, Matt included, and the police. No, <laughs> no um, And so uh, Matt is in his group. Uh, they are making a film. It's obviously very bad, and something goes wrong with Andrew, and he develops sort of supernatural powers mm. as they're making this film. It's actually an 80-part film. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's an 80-episode saga. Yeah, so there's uh, 19 intermissions mm. in this movie. The theaters have closed for weeks on end just to screen this one movie. Right. So basically, it's an 80-part movie. Um, they're searching for Andrew, uh, his film group, because they're like, we have to finish this project. It's a major grade. It's our final. And, you know, they're more worried about their grade than they are Andrew because mm -hmm. Andrew's a weirdo and he's not that great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the um, one kid in the group who just doesn't participate. Or he shows up in the last day of class, like, half drunk. Yeah, and just the fact that he's, like, a neoliberal. Like, he's not. <laughs> he shows up hailing Karl Marx. <laughs> yeah, he shows up with the hammer and sickle on a shirt. And they're just like, oh, brother, here we go. <laughs> and so they're trying to find him because they're like, he's the only one with a camera. We went to film school and we don't have cameras. I don't know why. Don't ask us. It's lazy writing. I'm busy. Writing. So they're looking for him. They come across Andrew multiple times throughout the movie, but he's like, he's elusive. Like he'll, you know, duck behind a tree or whatever. And, uh, that's <laughs> as really, actors are prone to do. Yeah. Like as a person that has been an actor for a very long time, uh, if you couldn't tell by my excellent line reading that I did, <laughs> you know, he's ducking behind trees. He's like throwing stuff across the field. It's very shaky camera work. Uh, people got motion sickness. People died uh, like in real life, not in the movie. <laughs> the camera was so shaky. It actually threw people across the theater. <laughs> <laughs> it was D box. And uh, the seats are just trying to keep up with the camera. movements. <laughs> They're just throwing people across the room. It's like, uh, y'all remember Spy Kids 3D? Yeah, it's yeah. like that, but it's all real. Like, <laughs> so yeah, they eventually find they eventually find Andrew. Uh, he's in Vancouver. Mm. I'm guessing it's Vancouver. No Canadian 
is going to, you know, pass up the chance to, you know, cause a little destruction with new supernatural powers. Right, of course. And American police would have shot on sight. So. <laughs> right. Yikes. He wouldn't have even had the chance to say, leave him alone. <laughs> yeah, no. We're kind of pushing the line with, like, Marxist, like, neoliberal Antifa <laughs> jokes. But, like, for some reason, crossing the line with me is saying oh American police would have shot on sight. <laughs> right. But... So they're in the beautiful city of British Columbia. <laughs> yeah. That's not a city. <laughs> in Nova Scotia. In Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Yeah, hands in the air, buddy. <laughs> hey, if you're feeling like it, can you put your hands up, please? <laughs> oh, darn it. I think I just got caught. I'm doing Midwestern. <laughs> hey, if you wouldn't mind slapping these handcuffs on yourself, that'd be real great, eh? They smell like maple syrup. <laughs> they're made of maple syrup. <laughs> this is weird. Our Canadian listenership just dropped down to zero? Was it? Yeah, I have the demographics pulled up, and I think they just gave us like nine million one-star reviews. <laughs> oh, hold on! I got a text from Mister Canada. Wow. Your visa has been blocked from entering the country. How strange! <laughs> we must have really offended Canada. Justin Trudeau just tweeted me and said, "You're canceled, sis," and, I, and now he's blocked me. <laughs> Justin Bieber swearing me out outside my door right now. <laughs> Don't know what's going on. All of the Disney Channel shows that were obviously filmed in Canada are now killing me. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so uh, they're in some province in Canada. Uh, all of the other team members have died. Right. Uh, and it, there's only Matt left. Matt is, like, begging Andrew, like, Andrew, stop. Like, come back. Finish the film. Like, we're almost done. We have the one last scene to do. And Andrew's like, no, I have powers now. I can't do any of that. And then the police show up and they're like, hey, put your hands in the air, bud. And... Uh, <laughs> Matt's like, no, 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 like, it's fine, we're American, and they're like, oh, even worse. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And they all unload their bullets at once. <laughs> yeah. And then that's how we get to this. Uh, Matt, uh, in his American ways, uh, takes matters into his own hands and impales his friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really intense, it's really emotional, uh, and the film gets a B-. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just, I have the Metacritic score pulled up for our movie, Chronicle, and... It's not like an 82. It's not bad. No. It's passable. It's going to get you into film school, uh, unless your mom's Felicity Huffman, then uh, just $15,000 <laughs> to get you into film school. Right. So do we think Andrew is maybe like, a, maybe he's like a washed up actor, you know, like he's had his time in the spotlight and made it big one day and the Oscar he won actually like imbued him Ooh, with powers. Yeah. Neil Patrick Harris like handed it to him on the, on the Oscar stage at the Academy Awards, and he just started shooting lasers out of his eyes. <laughs> so I think that the Oscar that he got specifically, I'm just going to throw it out there and say that he probably got, like, best uh, sound mixing. It was during the commercial break. We may never know. Right. Uh, it was during the, the technical Oscars the night before. Right. But it's like a tradition. It's a, it's a cursed Oscar. And they pass <laughs> it down uh, to the people that they just kind of want to wean out of Hollywood. And so they pass it down to Andrew who uh so he got the oscar and he kept trying to get jobs in hollywood and it just wasn't working he had to move back in with his parents and he decided right. i'm just gonna you know go ahead and go to film school he started noticing that he was like having powers and he was also like i'm just gonna become a youtuber as well and build you know guillotines in my room and talk about uh you know communism and socialism and blah blah blah, blah. um and so that is how yeah. that's that is the official lore of our chronicle. Or it's actually Andrew Garfield coping with him no longer being Spider-Man. <laughs> so he's I I hate Tom Holland. I hate him. Yeah. If you look in the around the set direction in the very first scene, you can see uh, photos of Tom Holland in the background with X's across his face. Yeah, yeah and for... uh, darts thrown <laughs> on his forehead. Yeah. He's got like one random picture of Tobey Maguire in the back, but we're just like not real sure like what that's all about? It's like, is it a shrine? Is it? We don't know. Yeah, he has a question mark over his face because he's like still trying to decipher <laughs> like whether or not he likes him. We're all trying to decipher whether or not we like Toby Maguire. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> What's that dude been up to these days? Not working. I mean, I haven't heard anything since Great Gatsby. That's true. He died with the party, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> went down well, with the ship. He's the only one that showed up to Gatsby's funeral, so I mean, <laughs> that kind of that kind of stuff can take a toll on you. Apparently, he was in Boss Baby. <laughs> You're lying. Tobey Maguire's breakout role <laughs> in Boss Baby. If that tells you anything. Wait, is he, is he in Boss Baby the movie, or is he in Boss Baby the show? Uh, he's in Boss Baby the movie. He's the narrator. 
Oh, he's he's the, the narrator for Boss Baby. Boss Baby has a narrator? Why have we not done this movie yet? <laughs> yeah, we're doing Boss Baby next episode. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert Let's for the ne- yeah, for episode what, 10? No. 9. 8. 7. seven. No, 8. Seven. No, this is 7. <laughs> None of us can count <laughs> Yo, I've slept since the last episode. Who knows? Um, uh, I'm going to go grab something real quick. My sorry, I need to do like I'll literally be 2 seconds. I'll be right back. You have 2 seconds. Uh-huh. One, two. Oh, wow. Did you hear those beer cans follow? <laughs> God, I hate working with an alcoholic. Is there a woman with him? Colton? Does Colton have a girlfriend that we don't know about? Colton. Someone's in trouble. I think he... It's all right. Oh. We're going to stay here. Oh, he's grounded. Dang it, he's grounded. Colton Hart, you left the toilet seat up again. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Yeah, it's fine. We, you were getting grounded. It's cool. <laughs> all right, so I think we have completely drained this movie of all humor and life uh so brady go ahead and tell us what chronicle is actually about yeah so chronicle uh is the story of andrew who is a socially awkward introverted teen whose main form of escape and expression is a video camera but things begin to change when andrew his cousin matt and popular classmate steve played by michael b jordan discover a mysterious substance that leaves them with incredible powers as their abilities become more powerful, the teens' lives spin out of control when their darker sides begin to emerge. Andrew's camera captures the unfolding events. So you're right; it's like a found footage for teenage angst with superpowers. Right. So it's like a it's like a Super Eight movie, kind of. But it's like, what if you gave the weird, quiet kid in the back of your history class superpowers? Right. Mm. Yeah, like it does a really good job of kind of like exploring what teenagers would do with superpowers. Mm -hmm. So Andrew obviously is in a very like abusive relationship with his dad that affects how he uses his powers and like how he interacts with his powers and what he wants to use his powers for. Uh, There's one scene that I remember in particular where I think Steve is chasing after Andrew and Andrew literally like redirects a bolt of lightning and kills Steve. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, this movie's so good. I love this movie. That's crazy. But we all know in real life, it'd take more than that to kill Michael B. Jordan. Right. I mean, he's been Killmonger and the Human Torch. It's going to take a lot to kill him. Was he really the Human Torch? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, in the the flobtastic form. (laughs) Brady, do you remember when we went and saw that? Oh, how can I forget it? So, uh, funny story, audience and Colton, I guess. I don't know if we've ever told you this story, Colton. (laughs) We went and saw the Fantastic Four. We were not planning on going to see the Fantastic Four. No, we were uh, not. We were planning on going to see. I think it was The Gift with uh, Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. Um, but that movie was sold out surprisingly. We had kind of low expectations for it. But uh, by the end of the movie, we were audibly making fun of it in the theater. Like not even worried about the people beside us or around us because they were enjoying it as well. Uh, not enjoying the movie, enjoying us making fun of it. <laughs> I. I literally at one point remember when uh, the thing says, oh, this is fantastic. And Miles Teller, Mr. Fantastic says, hey, say that again. And I literally like went. (laughs) It is uh, my number one uh, worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. We walked in to that movie. I'll never forget talking to each other like there is no way this movie can be that bad. Like, sure, 2% on Rotten Tomatoes, but, like, maybe that 2% is just really enjoyable. It wasn't. <laughs> it, it wasn't. It was an absolute trick. It felt like the entire middle of that movie was missing. Yeah. Uh, also, Dr. Doom looked like a melted Barbie doll. So, <laughs> Man, that movie was It's bad. Uh, but Chronicle is good. Chronicle is very good. Yes. Uh, I have obviously already seen this movie, uh, but Brady and Colton, would you watch this movie? Honestly, I'm probably gonna watch it tonight. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, I'm probably gonna go. Yeah, it looks. It sounds really cool and really interesting. I'm not a big fan of gorilla shooting, but I'll I'll watch it. I, I I can enjoy. I think I'll enjoy this movie. I enjoy some found footage movies. Like District Nine is one of my favorites. But I think what a lot of found footage movies do is they make. Uh, or like like that is the movie basically. Yeah. And and the novelty of shaky cam stuff wears off after a while and then there's like no story there to keep you engaged. But it's fun to see uh 
like a found footage esque movie that's just that's not horror <laughs> because I feel like that's always just like the cheap indie direction that that they go with. Right. Did y'all ever see uh, As Above or As Above So, so Below? Below? Yeah. Actually, I I enjoyed it. Actually, I okay for the same reason that I enjoy laughing at like a lot of indie scary movies. It's just because the premise is ridiculous and the execution is yeah. not much better. But man, it's fun to laugh at with friends. Well, I don't think the premise is that stupid, but I think the execution is like I have not seen this movie, but from what I've heard, the execution is poor. Well, you try to explain it because they like go further, further down, and then they're like, "Well, we can't get out." And then they like flip this like tablet and then they literally just go back the way they came, but it's all reversed and everything's changed. And then they're, Oh, so it's night at the museum. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, actually, yeah, no, it's just a remake of night at the museum. The lights go off and everyone's biggest fears manifest. The lights come back on and Robin Williams is standing there dressed like uh, <laughs> Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I love Robin Williams. Don't Listen. bring up Robin when we're talking <laughs> about crappy Robin horror movies. <laughs> Robin, if you're listening, oh, you are a monster! Oh, you are an emotional terrorist. How dare you? Oh my gosh! Yeah. So go ahead and uh, go ahead and reach out on email if you also would like to watch this movie. Um, if right now, Colton, we've got a segment for you. What's the segment for me? No, sorry, I I'm should be phrased that. <laughs> no, we have a segment for you. I know it's what you're called. About. Hey, why aren't you here right now? <laughs> It's called oh, gosh. <laughs> Colton, I'm Afraid to Be Alone in a Room with Derek. <laughs> Same. Yeah, Brittany's not afraid of a lot, apparently. <laughs> All right, guys, this is our little segment called Shaken, Not Stirred. Basically, I have two wheels, one with movie titles and one with movie genres. I spin both of them, and we basically improv what that movie would be like. So it could be like... Uh, I think last week was what the King's speech as what What did we do (laughs) as like an anime? Yeah. Something like that. Um, And so it's just, it's just stupid and it's just a lot of fun. So I'm going to spin this first one real quick. We have back to the future as a, as a war film. Hold on. All right, so so here's what happens. Doc throws Marty in the car. They go back in time and get stuck in a Mel Gibson movie. (laughs) (laughs) They get stuck in We Were Soldiers. They get stuck in uh, Apocalypto. Somebody tosses Marty an M16 and says, have at it, boys. (laughs) They're in the trees. It's like like Doc and Marty go back to kill Hitler, and then (laughs) they do. He just joins the Inglorious Bastards team. And, like, they come back to 2018 or whatever, and it's just, like, the world is just, like, ten times worse off, apparently. Biff is Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely a scene where Doc gets injured, he gets shrapnel through his leg, and he's like, Marty, you just gotta, you gotta leave me. No, you're turning into Rick and Morty. Yeah, now now I'm just, this is Rick and Morty now. You're like, Marty, you have to, you have to keep, you gotta, you gotta keep, you gotta move on. No, uh, Doc, I'm not leaving you here. <laughs> I need to take these bullets and shove them away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and get another one. I think uh, I think we we're do- we've done pretty well with uh, Back to the Future as a war movie. Okay, 127 hours. Oh no. <laughs> as a chick flick. Oh, chick flicks again. Ooh. I've okay. actually never seen 127 Hours. I haven't. Oh, wait, that's the one with James Franco. Yeah, it's the one where he cuts off his arm. Yeah, the one where he like goes into the mountain to I don't know. Yeah, to, to be, be James stupid. Franco. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is a girl's weekend getaway, like a bachelorette party. Um, they have 127 hours until the wedding starts, but all hell breaks loose. Like everything's going wrong. They get lost in the Arizona desert. <laughs> James has to come out there in his molestache <laughs> and rescue them. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, she falls in love with him and leaves her husband. Maybe her husband's like, or her fiance, sorry, is just like a jerk. Like he doesn't really listen mm-hmm. to her. He doesn't really encourage her to pursue her desires. And then she meets this hunk. He's a little rough around the edges, but she can definitely work with that. Right. For sure. Are you kidding me, Ice Maker? <laughs> My fridge just attacked us. 
<laughs> yeah. So uh, here's what I'm thinking. So I like that idea. Uh, I'm just gonna add. I'm gonna. I'm gonna add some sentence enhancers. <laughs> um, I think those are called adjectives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Golden, you are. A Could teacher. you imagine that SpongeBob episode where it's like literally they act like they're cussing, but it's literally just adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so the, the main character girl, let's just go ahead and say that it is, uh, Drew Barrymore. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she gets lost and finds James Franco, uh, with his arm trapped under a rock. And, uh, that's how they meet. It's, uh, that's their meet cute as they call it in the industry. Right. Um, and so she's like talking, she's like, you know, my my fiance doesn't really listen to me. I don't. What is this Drew Barrymore voice that I'm doing? <laughs> what uh, like, happened to Drew Barrymore? <laughs> she shoved pills up her nose. What is that? <laughs> yeah, I was like trying to do. I was trying to do like her, like you know, yeah, like I'm Drew Barrymore. I'm on the Santa Clarita diet. Uh, so she's talking to him and just talking about how much of a jerk her husband is. And he's like, you know, that's cool, but like my arm is under a rock. It's literally and, under a rock right now. Yeah, I'm stuck between a rock and a, another rock. Um, <laughs> She's the one that is basically like, I think we're in love. Uh, I'm going to go break up with my fiance. And he's like, oh, my God, no, like we just met, blah, blah, blah. So she leaves. Uh, he's trying to leave and he can't. Uh, he cuts off his own arm with a pocket knife uh, and then meets up with her. But then realizes uh, because of the loss of blood, he is delirious and has fallen in love with her. And they uh, live a happy life, married for 95 years and have 98 million children. <laughs> But only three arms. Right. Yeah. Just so everyone knows, that's a real scene from the movie where James Franco cuts off his own arm. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. I really wanted to keep that piece in it because I think that is the driving force of this movie is James Franco cutting off his own arm. Uh, Some insider baseball for Hollywood. Uh, James Franco actually cut off his own arm. Taking (laughs) method to the extreme. Yes. Yeah. He currently has like an Anakin Skywalker animatronic Mm -hmm. style arm right now. Yeah. Yeah. Every movie that you've seen him in since 127 Hours, uh, like The Disaster Artist, uh, whatever else he's been in, <laughs> uh, has been a robo-arm. <laughs> All right, Colton, hit me. Oh. I mean, don't like, just like give me another movie. Thank you. All right, we got Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, oh no. As a children's movie. <laughs> hmm. Bernie is no longer an actual body. He's a puppet. <laughs> so, uh, what, what kind of puppet is he? Are we going with like a like a friendly Muppet or? Um, it's like somewhere in between uh, children's church hand puppet and uh, Big Bird. Gotcha. I just gotta know what we're what we're working with. <laughs> yeah. So basically what happens is they are at a, uh, the two main characters of weekend at Bernie's. I know surface level about weekend (laughs) at Bernie's. So they are at a children's birthday party and, uh, they're basically like two, not really like con men, but they're just kind of like, we told this, you know, we told this girl that we'd come to her birthday party because we really just wanted to hit on her mom. But like they expect, or the kids expect puppets. They basically just have to compile together a uh, a hodgepodge of uh, puppetry items that they can find around the house, and they make Bernie, who is just like a terrifying, like I don't know, Frankenstein together. Yeah, but the kids like the kids freaking love it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, so they do Bernie, and the kids just go absolutely nuts for Bernie. So they decide maybe we can make like an actual like legitimate business out of this. And so they start traveling with Bernie and the more money they make, uh, Bernie starts to become, you know, better looking, you know, it starts to come out that these guys don't have any formal training as puppeteers. And, you know, they start getting like blackballed by the industry and in their moment of desperation, Bernie comes alive mm. and teaches them the true power of friendship. Of puppeteering. They do one last show at, uh, the arc light. <laughs> now, of course, halfway through the movie, uh, Bernie's popularity catches the eye of a certain mouse. Um, and <laughs> and they're dodging cash, flaming cash lasers at all, at all costs. <laughs> Wait, 
Wait, what does Stuart Little have to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Stuart Little, who is a uh, a flaming cash flinging mogul, shows up to a couple of their shows as a as a talent scout for Disney, of course. Right. And he uh, he offers them a deal they can't refuse. One guy wants to sell, but the other one wants to keep the spirit of Bernie alive. He wants to he wants to go indie. Mm-hmm. He wants to keep it there like original creation. And it sort of right. tears them apart throughout the movie. It's it's pretty it's pretty heartbreaking. I would actually watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, hey, Colton, are you taking notes? Because uh, we might just sell this one to Fox. Why Fox? Why? Let's not, let's go for the big leagues. Let's go for the mouse himself. Stuart Little? Uh, no, um, I'm talking about Templeton the Rat from Charlotte's Web. I was trying to think of every single mouse from a movie that I know, and it's literally three. Mickey Mouse, uh, Stuart Little, and Templeton from Charlotte's Web. Uh, Tom and Jerry? Speedy Gonzalez. Ooh yeah. Um, please don't let's please don't name off every mouse, <laughs> <laughs> every animated mouse we know. The mouse from let's Mouse. Not, Hunt. This is not a good goof, guys. We gotta keep the show rolling. Oh, the mouse from the Tales of Despero. <laughs> <laughs> the Great Rescuers isn't that like a secret of Nim? The Great Mouse Detective. <laughs> wow, we're freaking. Geniuses. Oh my god, the Rescuers Down Under in Australia. They gotta rescue that little kid from Tommy Lee Jones and his lizard. <laughs> Was that Tommy Lee Jones? The villain of that movie looks like Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> oh, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> the lizard man himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh, ever since he got his hands on that cursed Oscar, <laughs> he's just gone downhill. <laughs> right. He's become a demon. <laughs> he's become uh, the type of person that they would hunt in Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think that does it for Shaken Not Stirred. Uh, if you'd actually like to see any of these movies, feel free to tweet at us, Instagram us, PM us through Messenger Pigeon. But right now, we're going to jump into a segment called Real Talk. Derek. Yeah, so Real Talk is our segment where we actually take movies seriously and uh, talk about some of the stuff that we've watched or in the case of like the last episode listened to. Uh, read any basically anything that has like struck our fancy because sometimes we don't watch stuff uh, that has really resonated with us in a positive way. But this week, in addition to Star Wars, uh, which I have screamed about no less than nine hours of today, I saw Shazam last weekend mm. and it was actually really, really good. I freaking loved it, bar none, the best DC movie. I mean, I think they can keep doing it. Also, did y'all see the jo- the Joker trailer? Oh, yes. Yes. I actually, I'm extremely excited. A lot of people were frustrated just because, like, we didn't need a Joker backstory, but I'm all for it. Well, it looks like Killing Joke backstory. I mean. Yeah. I saw a meme that literally was just, like, 1980s. To create the Joker, they have to throw him into toxic waste. In 2019, they just have to throw him into society. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw this tweet. The director of the Joker movie said that the Joker is going to be on social media. Like he tweets, he does this. He's a little problematic at times. And uh, I saw someone quote tweet it and said, there's going to be a scene where the Joker gets bullied by a bunch of black teens and then goes home and tweets about reverse racism. (laughs) (laughs) That is not too far off from what I think is actually going to happen in this movie. (laughs) Unfortunately, I think I saw that news article on Fox News the other day. (laughs) Yeah, it looks scary. Like it looks like Joaquin Phoenix is going to be terrifying and I'm all for it. I'm all for exploring the more psychological elements of the mm-hmm. Joker's backstory rather than yeah. just like he got thrown into toxic waste. Right. It feels grounded like the Heath Ledger Joker, but mm. also just sort of heightened enough to where it can still be like comic booky, but I it's for sure going to be like a very like scary uh, sort of like psychological take on the Joker and I'm here for it and it's also being mm. produced by Martin Scorsese so it's like I don't think he's going to like make this movie or like let this movie flop no they're either gonna have to do Killing Joke backstory um, which if you haven't read Killing Joke I really recommend going and reading it it's phenomenal or they're gonna have to do something new and if they do something new it's gonna have to be phenomenal if they're gonna want to appease the fans right because like if you're going to touch Joker, you have to do well with him. Like, you see that with Jared Leto. Like, a lot of people didn't like him. Right. Well, especially with the the Dark Knight movies, for sure. For right. sure. 
Heath Ledger gave us a Joker that is going to be hard to top. Right. And like Heath Ledger has become the like litmus test of Joker performances. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't necessarily think that's fair to the people that are playing the Joker before him, because I think that's a lot of, I mean, Yes, I think Jared Leto's Joker flopped because he wasn't given a lot of really great material, but also because people were holding him to the standard of Heath Ledger. Right. So right. I think if people keep doing that with Joaquin Phoenix, he's like it's it, people are going to be disappointed. Well, and like you said, Colton, like The Killing Joke is a really good template. I don't know if they're going to you know follow it precisely. But I don't. I don't want them to because yeah, I think if they do something that's either as good or better, but like something new. I think I'm going to love that a lot more than if they just did Killing Joke. Also, is this Joker canon to the DCU? Because, no. I mean, Jared Leto has already played the Joker in Suicide well, Squad. Well, uh, this is a standalone movie. Okay. James Gunn coming back on to direct the Suicide Squad sequel, which is not a sequel anymore. It's a complete reboot of the Suicide yeah. Squad. Mm. Uh, I don't think Jared Leto is the Joker anymore. No. Well, and it's kind of interesting, too, because Rebirth, which if you know anything about comics, DC rebooted all their franchises, and it's rebo- uh, It's called yeah. Rebirth. Right before that, or during, I'm not sure, it came out that there were three Jokers, which is like a whole other can of worms mm-hmm. that I can go into. Mm-hmm. But if they were like... That's for our side podcast, uh, <laughs> <laughs> joking around with Colton. That's for our side podcast, Killing Jokes. if they did something like that it would be really really weird but i'm so pumped for this movie i've been excited for it for so long and i'm glad we finally like have material we can look at now colton has there been anything on your radar besides killing joke lately um no i I watched shazam i thought it was phenomenal i thought it was funny and witty I really wanted a Captain Marvel joke in the movie. Those of you who don't know, there are two Captain Marvels. There's DC and then there's Marvel Captain Marvel. And Shazam was the old Captain Marvel. Yeah. The character, if I remember correctly, uh, was not named Shazam officially yeah. until 2012. 2012, 20, yeah, around that era. I in, in the movie, this isn't spoiling anything. In the movie, they're trying to figure out a name for him. I wanted so badly for them to be like, Captain Marvel. No, that's stupid. Or like, yeah. <laughs> let Shazam let Shazam be DC's Deadpool. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, gosh. King's Kaleidoscope's new album was phenomenal. If that, y'all, this this world does not deserve King's Kaleidoscope. No, it Ooh. is. Gosh, uh, if you like just like brass, brassy, like orchestral pop, I don't even know like how to describe King's Kaleidoscope as a genre. It's just a phenomenal album. For sure. Uh, If we're giving out music recommendations (laughs) uh, (laughs) as well, uh, I've been really getting back into Manchester Orchestra. Um, oh heck yes! It's a it's it's kind of like a like a indie rock band. Their newest album has a song on it called "The Gold," and it is uh, incredible. I saw Manchester at ACL this past year, and they were phenomenal. As Derek's been talking, he's been putting on eyeliner for the past uh, <laughs> right. minute and a half. Uh, I've been making uh, my own cold brew with a flannel on uh, <laughs> with glasses I don't need. Also, Colton, I hate you for seeing Manchester Orchestra because that is uh, the one band that I've wanted to see for a very long time. They were really so, good. Just hope. <laughs> so I actually just went to the theater this week to watch The Mustang, which I think flew under a lot of people's radar. Yeah, for sure. I feel like this movie was like 90% heavy breathing and 10% like horse shots, but it was a beautiful story. Well told. I'll have to look at it. Yeah. I remember seeing that trailer. Uh, when I think when I saw the favorite, uh, back in mm-hmm. December, mm. so I wasn't super interested in it just cause like I'm not a horse boy. Um, I actually don't <laughs> trust horses. Uh, their faces are too long and they're too big. I, I literally talked my friends into seeing it because I told them it was not a horse movie. <laughs> I said, no, no, well, there's, hor- there's horses in it, but it's not a horse movie. It's not, it's like, it's not like Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. <laughs> yeah, You're yeah. telling me it's not like Flicka or Flicka 2? I'm, I'm not watching it. Never mind. I'm out. If I don't see racing stripes in this movie, I'm not watching it. <laughs> oh my God. That zebra horse racing movie? Yeah. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love that movie so much. <laughs> what about music recommendations, Brady? I actually, I, I'm a huge King's Kaleidoscope fan. I adore King's Kaleidoscope because they're so original and they're hard to place in a specific genre. They really seem like creatives, 
that are just making music for the sake of being creative. And I love that about them. So uh, before we go, because I think we're uh, getting ready to pack up and leave. Uh, well, Brady, this is your house, so you actually aren't leaving. Uh, unless you get evicted. I don't know. I actually have an announcement. Uh, so the past three months, uh, since around January, I have been training to be a part of the performing team uh, at Comedy Sports Houston. It's an improv company uh, that... Uh, it's not comedy about sports. It's comedy played as a sport. Think uh, whose line is it anyway, but a lot more intense. And we actually just had our last training session uh, last week, and we had a performance. And I am now officially a part of the performing team at Comedy Sports Houston. So yes. I am now, I guess, a professional improviser. Nice. Yeah, Derek Fultz is now officially funnier than both of us combined. <laughs> yeah. Which was the case beforehand, but now, now he has the license to Now he's it. got a title. No, you guys are funny. You guys are funny. Don't do that to me. Um, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is really exciting for me. This is something that uh, I have wanted for quite a while now. So if you are ever in the Houston area, uh, hit me up and I will send you a schedule of when I'm performing that month. And hopefully you can come see me. Uh, if you'd like to see me make even less funny jokes, um, go follow me on Twitter at Derek Fultz. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. That is super cool, dude. I'm proud of you, Thank man. You. I think that about does it for Stir the Plot, a podcast for movie lovers. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, uh, go ahead and reach out at stirtheplot at gmail.com. So yeah, we love having you guys. Thank you guys so much for all the love on all our previous episodes. If you have a couple minutes to spare, please hop on iTunes and leave us a review. It really does help us get discovered a lot easier. Yes, sir. Your patronage means the world to us. Uh, one more thing. Shout out to Marco Boletto and Amanda Rasboff for sending us some really, really nice emails that were just uh, lifting our spirits and just kind of put this whole thing into perspective. And uh, it was really awesome. So thank you guys. Yeah. We really appreciate you guys. Um, the fans are why we do this. That's true. Well, that and the cold, hard cash I'm raking in from Yeah, this. the fat money we're all making. <laughs> Wait, y'all are getting paid? <laughs> uh, and that'll, that'll do it. Bye. Uh, uh, all right, so that's it for Start the Plot, podcast for movie lovers. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. We're talking about this on air right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, flaming wads of Disney cash being hurled our way. <laughs> all right, well, that's it for Stir the Plot. I'm Brady King. I'm Derek Fultz. I'm Colton Hart. And if you see Sandra Bullock, give her a hug. She might have powers. Starting butt. Starting butt. Starting butt. She bought the butt.